Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It is another week of baseball, and we're getting closer to summer vacation for all of us. And I know that's exciting because we got more content that's coming out, coming your way. But today we've got a little bit of a weekend recap as well as some talking points that we want to go through, talking about how that AL East is just an absolute battleground. There's some teams that have fallen into the graveyard. Tom has set, it up, set us up with some buys and sells. And of course, we got to hit our, our beginning of the week stimulator. How you guys doing today? Doing good. I am ready to argue. And I, I'm ready to, you know, defend my points here. I think there might be some interesting takes in this episode, and I'm I'm prepared to go to war. Stevs, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm tired, like always, but we're here to talk baseball, and that's really what matters. Yeah, we like baseball. Uh, baseball has been pretty fun over the weekend. There's about 13,000 no-hit bids. Every single game started with dueling perfect games. Uh, that is actually something that happens in every game, because pitches don't allow hits before the game starts. Um, now Eduardo Rodriguez had a really good start. He took one into the eighth inning yesterday. Spencer Strider took one into the seventh inning. Uh, I think there was one, or Drew Smiley had one against the Dodgers that got into the eighth inning. Obviously, those are two of those three guys, the exact candidates you'd expect to have a perfect game, but it doesn't, uh, you can't necessarily predict what's going to happen on, on any given day. That's what makes baseball fun because there's 162 of them. So, we're going to kick it off first. We kind of want to talk about just what the absolute hell is the American League East, right? The worst team in this division is a 500 team. That's 12 and 12. The best team in this division is 20 and three. What do you guys, what are you guys thoughts on the first three weeks of the American League East? I, I, I don't want to be like LeBron James, but honestly, I'm not that surprised. I, I really am not. Um, if you had told me a team in the NL East, is 20 and three. I wouldn't have picked the Rays to be that team, but the fact that they're all above 500 or at 500 is not too surprising to me, but the fact that the Rays are on top of the AL East is something that is definitely surprising to me. I mean, for me, I mean, I think I expected all of them to be good. Um, and I expected the Red Sox to be kind of on the lower end of that. Again, like Tom said, like the Rays being 20 and three is like absolutely incredible and i think they're undefeated at home um yeah they are they're 14 and 0 at home um it, it's it's just wild because like i mean and it sucks if you are an al east fan like your team is your team's like 12 and 12 and they should probably have like uh, like they should be winning in some divisions or at least like competing for it but they're last in their own division uh, and Sebs and I were looking at this right before the episode started. The two teams have the hardest strength of schedule left for this entire season, the Orioles and Red Sox. Um, so if there's definitely be a little, little bit of a regression there, probably going to be a little bit more steep with the Red Sox as, you know, Chris Sale hasn't been good. Corey Cooper's just been atrocious. They've been, as we talked about it on countless occasions at this point, they are all or nothing when it comes to the offense. Yeah, definitely. And then you have the Blue Jays who... It was kind of shaky so far. The offense is very good. We don't really have doubts about that. But Gossman, he came back from his start in uh, Houston and comes back. And who's the Blue Jays face over the weekend? The Yankees. The Blue yeah. Jays yes, handed yes. the Yankees their first serious loss over the weekend. And Kevin Gossman went seven innings, no earned, 11 strikeouts, shutting down the Yankees. Adam Simber decided to make that game interesting at the end. Um but the Yankees do lose their first series of the season, putting them in fourth place in the AL East. 
Yeah, you just don't you don't see that happen too often. Um, but it appears the entire AL East is, you know, competitive. And I think everyone in that division, I don't think any of those teams even will be set, selling at the deadline, even if they are at the bottom. What do you think it would take for the Red Sox to be trade deadline sellers? Or just I think it have, won't happen? I don't think it will happen. I think the fact that they've committed to Devers, and I think they're going to commit to Verdugo that during the season. I feel like they're going to be moving in more of a a, a retool, let more, let more, less so than like a rebuild. I feel like they're not going to be big sellers. Maybe sell off some pitching talent, but they're not going to be getting rid of any position players. What talent do they have at pitching? They don't have any talent. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe maybe someone that can you know eat innings. I don't know. If Kluber can have a bounce back for the rest of the season, maybe you could ship him to get some sort of D tier prospect. But that's about it. Or uh, maybe Kenley, because what Kenley's a two year deal. Kenley's, Kenley's been good. Kenley's been good. Kenley, um, yeah. So for Chris Martin was okay, and now he's he's on the IL. I don't know. Adam Duvall is still out. That, that's one I could see getting moved. Trevor Story is supposed to be back at some point. You've got Mondesi who got made, or who got knee surgery last year and hasn't come back yet. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't I don't think they are too far from competing again. I just think this is not the team that's going to compete. So I mean th- there's gonna have to be a retool. They cannot sell the entire team though. They're they're too close to being good again. So I wanna I wanna ask, right? In your eyes, Tom, what's the difference between this Red Sox team and the Cubs team? This Red Sox team can, like... Yeah, because they're kind of trying to, like... It it feels, at least in my opinion, they're trying to kind of reverse rebuild as well. But you are a little more in on the Red Sox than you were, like, the Cubs. So I'm just just interested to see what you feel is the difference. Um, I feel like, well, first... Um, a lot of the deals in the offseason for the Cubs, other than Dancy Swanson, were all one or two year deals, um, which is not going to give you uh, a window to compete. This is more of like a, a confusing move for them. I mean, if they were going to buy players out for one or two year contracts, you would expect to be competing within one to two years. But their main piece being Dancy Swanson for what was it, a seven year deal? How, how many years? Yeah. I mean, you have seven years to compete with Dansby, but the whole core is going to be gone in one or two years. With the Red Sox, they did a similar thing with Kenley Jansen in the two-year deal, but also they got Devers for 10 years. That That is the player they're going to be building around. And they also have younger talent in Alex Verdugo, who has been having probably the, you know, the breakout season that you guys have been looking for for years now. Um, and they also have a good offense. I mean, Adam Duvall was, you know, very good. He's also signed to a shorter-term deal, but that's a guy that can probably get extended. They have a lot of cap space compared to the other teams in the, in, in all of New England. But, you know, I, I I have more faith in this Red Sox team than the Cubs. The Cubs are, while surprising, still lower in my eyes. I, I feel like the Cubs are, you know, getting lucky at every turn. I mean, not getting lucky in the sense that the players are getting lucky, but in the sense that everything's working out for them. Nico Horner's been breaking out. Swanson's looked great. Patrick Wisdom went from batting like .52 to now like being up in top three in home runs and in RBI, and now he's getting on base again. It's like Everything's working. Even Trey Mancini's having a little bit of a bounce back. There, there's a lot of things that are clicking. Mark, Marcus Showman's having a Cy Young beginning of the season. There's too much going right for this team. Everything is clicking. Um, this is probably like the 2021 Giants version of the Cubs. Everything seems to be working for them, and it's still probably not going to be enough to make them a playoff contender. See, I would say that 
even just the organizations as a whole, I think the Red Sox are in a better situation. Or sorry, the Cubs are in a better situation than the Red Sox. Because A, the Red Sox won't sell at the deadline. I think they have to be on pace to win like 60 games in order for them to sell at the deadline. And I don't think they're going to do that. I think if they're on pace to win 60 games, they'll buy at the deadline on honesty. Because I don't think they understand what it means to lose. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't they, think their fans will accept that. Yeah. I even forgot to mention Ian Happ. I mean, there's just a lot that went right, right for the Cubs. And, and, and at this point him, now, man. yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think it's a good move. And I think that now looking at the Cubs, you know, compared to my preseason predictions where I was negative on the Cubs, you know, a lot went right. And, you know, that's how it works. I mean, I guess now from my perspective, I'm probably going to be preferring the Cubs. But I don't see either of those teams as playoff teams. I don't. I mean, oh no, neither, neither, neither do I. Uh, unless the Cubs can keep this pace, but I don't think they can. I don't think Stroman is a Cy Young candidate. I do think he is a good pitcher, but I also don't think the rest of the Cubs rotation is going to continue. Drew Smiley had a perfect game through seven innings, and then you know got tackled by Jan Gomes. But I don't think that that he's going to continue to keep that up, right? I just think that the Cubs are in a much better situation, even heading into the season, than the Red Sox were. Because the Red Sox went out and they signed Masataka Yoshida to a five-year deal, and then they extended Devers. The Cubs went and then they got they got Dansby Swanson. They had a couple pieces that they could uh, extend. They also have young guys like Crow Armstrong. The Red Sox have Tristan Casas, those types of guys. I don't know. These teams are very similar in my mind. Um and I just I think the Cubs have a, a slightly better future in my opinion. And then enter like, Tom. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Red. Uh, I was going to say, sir, oh, you get you get your point. So I was going to circle back to the Red Sox and where they are. Okay, at the beginning of the season, you cannot tell me that you thought Ian Happ was going to be good. Ian Happ was outside of our top ten in outfield. He's good, but you no. What, what are you saying, Brad? Please, I had please. him in my top ten. You had him in your top ten. I don't yeah. believe you had him in your. Top Pretty 10. sure he was. I was, he was just outside of my top 10. Yeah, he too. was outside of all of our – he was outside of me instead of his top 10. He did not make the cut for like, us. Like, um, but, like, barely. He was – he's not the star that, that people hype him up to be. Um, going into the season, especially coming off of last season where he had an OPS, I think, under 800. I, I don't I, – I, you can fact check me on that. Picking up Cody Bellinger, who's now conveniently batting 300, and who hasn't done that since 2019 – um, and say Suzuki, obviously that was the guy that I was excited to watch, but I had no, I had no hope in guys like Patrick wisdom. I thought Nico Horner would regress significantly, but he's looking like one of the best in the game right now. Dansby. I mean, he's, he's, he's still kick is still hit for contact, but there's guys on this team that they picked up that just, I, that no one would have expected what no one thought Eric Hosmer would, you know, be even batting above 240 right now. Um, no one, no one thought Trey Mancini was, I mean, maybe Trey Mancini, but you know, like there was a lot of really, you know, stretched out moves here that I'm I'm a little confused about. And it seems like everything seems to work for him. I, I don't think they're as far ahead as the Red Sox as Sevs and I are putting it right now, but I don't think the Red Sox are nearly in as good as a situation as the Cubs. I could see the Cubs competing for a playoffs, but I don't think the Red Sox have a chance at the playoffs. Especially since they're in the AL East. You can't, I, think, you can't you know, even... I think it's just because they're, I think the American League race is going to be significantly more close than the NL. Um, well, uh, right now, that doesn't look entirely true. Again, it, it we're does. 25 games into the season at like 24, 25 games. And 
right now the Dodgers, the Phillies, the Padres, and the Cardinals are not in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, that same goes for this. I mean, it's also Houston, Seattle. I mean, those are guys that you would expect that would be, you know, even, sorry, the Guardians, too. That was, that's another big name that I probably should have mentioned. Those guys should be in the postseason. Um, you know, I think we could do a segment later where we kind of talk about, you know, two teams have to go and we give the the five wild card teams and, you know, or the five wild card te- potential teams and then drop the two that wouldn't make it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Took me yeah. a second there. It took yeah, me a yeah, second. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to circle back because, like, you, you mentioned, like, the Red Sox are in the AL East, right? And this is the best division in baseball right now. It's not really close. But you kind of have to understand, like, the Rays are going to be peren- a perennial team. The Yankees are going to be a perennial team. The Blue Jays really got, like, one or two more years before they got to figure themselves out and what their future holds. The Orioles are young. Like, they're just getting started. So, being the team that rebuilds right now wouldn't be the worst situation for them. They're not going to do it again. Their fans would never let them do it, but it really wouldn't hurt, especially when your starting rotation is poor. Like you, your starting rotation is Chris sale, who has had one good start in the rest of just been atrocious. Kluber is old. I think those were Stev's exact words. Uh, Tanner hook, Nick Pavetta, Garrett Whitlock. Okay. Those are younger guys, but, I, the only one of those guys that I'm like, okay, okay, is Garrett Whitlock because Tanner Huck can't prove it on back-to-back games. Nick Pavetta is iffy. And you know what reinforcement they have right now is James Paxton. The legend. Exactly. But it's just like there's more players that you could trade at this deadline and get some value for. Like you could trade Justin Turner at the deadline and get value. You could trade Kika Hernandez at the deadline and get value. And you could still find a way to lock up Verdugo, especially since you're shedding some calories, calorie sap. Yes. Salary cap space. Calorie sap. No, I mean, I feel like I feel like this argument is more in the fact that I was defending myself for my negative review of the Cubs at the beginning of the season. And that, you know, a lot of things went wrong for the Red Sox as well. I expected Tristan Casas to have a big breakout. I expected Masataki Yoshida to cement himself in the top 10 left fielder in baseball. Um, I obviously I'm still pretty high on Alberto Montesi. He has a lot of potential, but he does have the, you know, roid problem and the injury problem. But, you know, hopefully when he comes back, he does, you know, actually play over 130 games in a season for the first time ever. Trevor Story, I mean, I don't think it's time to say he's washed yet. I, I'm not ready to give up on him. He's um, hurt. I know. I, like like I, the fact that we're not considering a star on this team, he could be a difference maker. I mean, this lineup is pretty well, stacked looking at it. And the potential, at least. But he, he can't be the star this season that they need because he's hurt. So, yeah, we're not going to talk about him like he's a star because he's not a factor currently. We're talking about the future, though. I mean, yeah, but, like, okay, I guess that's fair. But, I don't know, he's not kind of – I guess you're right. When we're talking about kind of their future, he's not, like – I don't know, I think I keep – never mention him, him yeah. He is, yeah, because he's hurt and we're not really thinking about him. Um, is he, is he supposed to come back? Like, and not like anytime soon, obviously, because like he was, he's down, but like at, by the end of the season, is he supposed to be back? Yeah. I thought he was supposed to be back by the all-star breaker. Yeah. After the all-star break. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Yoshida. He's actually been pretty good so far. 333 expected Woba, which isn't horrible. 789 OPS. Uh, Jaron Duran's been like, outside of, outside of Adam Duvall, Jaron Duran's been their best, like, player pretty much all around low bar but like connor wong christian casas christian arroyo kike hernandez 
all been really bad. Devers is fine. There's no worries there. Verdugo, it's Verdugo, Duran, and Devers, and Yoshida. That part of their lineup has been pretty good all year round. Justin Turner is going to pretty much be exactly what he is right now. And if they can have Duvall come back as what he is, they're an offensive force to be reckoned with. But the issue is the pitching because they can't outpitch the Orioles. They can't outpitch the Blue Jays. They can't outpitch the Yankees. And they can't outpitch the other team that I just didn't say because I forgot which teams I already said. That's a great point. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, they're never they're never just going to give up, though. I, I mean, we talked about this before. I'm I'm just saying that this this Red Sox team has a high floor on, on offense, uh, and it also has a very uh, low floor uh, when it comes to pitching. And they are, I think, hitting that floor. I think if they did have you know a, a good rotation or at least a, a pretty competent bullpen, they would be, you know, a couple games over 500 instead of at 500. But I think the point of this conversation is stupid. Um, I think that the Red Sox. I still stand by this. I think the Red Sox have a brighter future, but because they do have Marcelo Meyer coming up, um, and that would just be another bat and a very good Pete Crow Armstrong. I, I'm taking Meyer over and, Crow Armstrong. And Christopher Morel is down in the in AAA right now and absolutely raking. He's a Cub. Yeah, no, no. yeah, I think that's what he's saying. Uh, I was okay. I was referring to the Cubs because again I'm higher than the Cubs. Also, Marcelo Meyer's ETA is 2025. We're talking about the future. I swear, I don't understand. So we're talking about in the future. Are we talking about right now? You know, let's just bring up every minor leaguer ever, and and just like force them to start. No, this is this is a stupid argument. Go. Okay. So yeah. moving into something I introduced on Twitter last the end of last week was the graveyard. So the graveyard is teams that have fallen out of playoff contention, or in this case, teams that failed to reach the start line. Uh, just to get them off the get them off the table, so we don't have to theoretically talk about them for playoff contention, is the Colorado Rockies, the Washington Nationals, the Cincinnati Reds, the Oakland Athletics, who actually failed to reach the spring training start line, the Kansas City Royals, and the Detroit Tigers. Any arguments? Any objections? Um, I mean, I mean, I, I think I'm you a could little... make an argument for the Reds, like that. I'm, I'm a little surprised. Yeah, Stavs, go ahead. That they that they didn't the Reds didn't reach the start line no like yeah they didn't reach the start line. so I, I i would disagree with they didn't reach the start line but i would say at this point in time they are out i i will say i'm a little surprised that detroit is third in the al central but that just says more about how bad they are okay um, they're eight and 13 in the third you, you need context around that. there is context and they also have a really bad run differential too but I feel like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about go ahead and go with the go to the next section where we're talking about flirting with the graveyard because there is one team in there that I think is already there. Okay, we are flirting with the graveyard, and I'll say that team last. Uh, we obviously just talked a lot about the Red Sox. I don't think that they're definitely like the farthest least amount of feet or parts of the body in the grave right now. Um, but they're they're flirting with it. The Red Sox are flirting with the graveyard. The Giants, Tom's guys, they're flirting with the graveyard. The Angels, we'll talk about them in a little bit. And I think Tom's team that's already in the graveyard, the Chicago White Sox. I I just don't see this team being healthy enough. I mean, given a healthy team, they're they're not bad. I'm telling you, they're not bad. But you just these guys can't stay healthy. Um it, it and it's like there's so many moving pieces. How can they all be hurt? They are all hurt. They are like they are very injured already. Um and I don't I just I don't know. It's a horrible start to the season. Um the fact that they're below the Tigers, uh, 
just says a lot. So they just, you know, they started off the season a little hot, but uh, they kind of hit a wall with some injuries. Well, obviously, Liam Hendrickson's recovering. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. He did everything is clear. He is cancer free, which is really good news for the White Sox and just baseball as a whole. Uh, Garrett Crochet may be back at some point this year, but Moncada's out. Anderson's out. Stevs and I talked about this. This is going to be a nice trade deadline team because Lance Lynn's up after this year. Mike Clevenger's up after this year. Kendall Graven's up after this year. Joe Kelly's up Giolito. after this year. Jake Diekman. What's up, sorry? Giolito's up after this year, too. And he's hurt. He's injured. I mean, you could still probably get something. He's not. And he's on the bereavement list. Um, oh, right, right, right. I would like sorry. to discuss um, my team, the San Francisco Giants. So... As we know, uh, the Giants are carrying a massive three-game win streak. I'm just kidding. But we did we did split with the Mets. Uh, I took the first game in St. Louis. Um, we lose to some really bad teams, um, like some really bad teams. I mean, at right now, like the fact that we lost two out of three to Kansas City, uh, two out of two to Detroit before getting the third one postponed and then losing two out of three to Miami, and then somehow beating the Mets twice, who – are, are arguably one of the better teams in baseball. It is interesting to me. Um, but now it seems like a couple of guys are settling in. We are having some guys come back. Mitch Hanniger just played his first game. Austin Slater, who was a really big role player in just being a good platoon bat in the lineup. Uh, they're coming back. And it seems like, I mean, we are dealing with some injuries, I will say. Uh, Luis Gonzalez being out, Darren Ruff being out. Uh, Roberto Perez is not a big deal. We don't care. Luke Jackson's been out the whole for a, for a, quite a while, but um, you know, there's a lot of role players uh that are out right now, especially Alex Wood too, who we would probably like to have in a rotation right now. But I think with some of the guys coming back, um, it will be a little bit better. I am surprised to say that Tyler Rogers has been our best guy out of relief. He's been really good this season. He scares he scares me so much when I watch him pitch, but he's been very effective this year especially at limiting hard contact. He's always been that guy though. Um, but especially this season and limiting hits too. Um, so I'm definitely impressed with him. The pitching is, is either really good or really bad. There is no mid guys on this team. They are either good or bad. I mean, you, you have really good guys at the top of the rotation and then the bottom just falls off. And I hope Gabe Kapler is learning how to let a pitcher go more than three innings. That's all I got to say. I think the offense will handle itself on its own. It's really just the pitching. So Brad and I talked about this last episode, but we we were talking like if, if it comes to the deadline and the guys that like it was like Manaya and I think Cobb, if if like they're still like dealing like they are and are pitching to a high enough level, it wouldn't be the worst idea to move them to a team that needs pitching, like the Cardinals or the Mariners or something like that, because you could probably get like Brad and I talked about maybe you going and getting like a Mason Wynn type player from the Cardinals in exchange for like two pitching, two pitchers. Um, and then, or like going to the Mariners and cause they're probably going to try and ship what well, we talked about Harry Ford, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, and cause they might try and move Harry Ford to get some sort of pitching and you could probably get, give up something for that. I mean, as a Giants fan, I would honestly be pretty happy with that. Um, it's a little upsetting because we're kind of having a breakout from a couple of players. Like Tyra Estrada has looked very good this season. Um, as a Giants fan, I would like to lock him down for a while. 
Um, Conforto and Hanniger, two guys that I would like to have for this rebuild, but I mean, I could see them as potential trade pieces in the future. I, I would personally love Mason Wynn and uh, Harry Dave. Wait, what's his name? Harry Ford. Harry Ford. Ford. I get I get him mixed up with Henry Davis, dude. I literally, I, I don't know why. Two catching prospects. You know me. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't know if it's time or not to rebuild. Um, it was time last year to rebuild, and you did it. That yeah. was the thing. The reason the Giants are flirting on the the steps of the graveyard right now is because they didn't sell it last year's deadline. Yeah. Um, Be- because it looks like. The Diamondbacks are going to run away with the whole Giants-Diamondbacks rivalry for this year, at least from I don't, the it's beginning. Way, it's, it's way too early, and they've had a pretty um, relatively easier strength of schedule, um, at least to start the season. I don't. I mean, know they have the exact same strength of schedule for the rest of the season, so. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the, the fact that they're beating the Dodgers, um, first of all, makes me happy, but second of all, is a good sign as a team that they're they're pretty legit. Um. I just, I just, I, I'm not rooting against them. Uh, they are a division, but I've never really considered them rivals because they've never really been good. I guess if they continue to play good, I'll probably, you know, eventually get pissed off and then, uh, and start hating them. Like Brad hates the Padres, but right now I'm not too upset over it. I don't think it, I don't think it continues. I think they regress a little bit as a team. And it's also like the giant. The thing is, right? In order for this for to justify not selling at the deadline. They have to make the playoffs, and I don't think they're a playoff caliber team. Yeah, and I I don't know if they are either. Um, but it's just the the problem is not only Farhan but also our GM. I mean, our owner. Sorry, they they both you know feel as if they quote owe it to the fans, kind of like the Red Sox. They don't like selling. I don't think I've ever seen a Giants you know like teardown really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys like the learners or you know. I mean, guys that are willing to tear down to rebuild probably are smarter in the long run. We've seen it a lot more more recently, um, but I think they're playing it old school in the fact that they really don't want to let the fans down. Because, I mean, when you do rebuild, it's bad for ticket sales. It's bad for fans. It's a depressing time. Stez, I know you know what I'm talking about. But it will be good for you in the long run, you know? Um, and I just don't know if the GM is willing to make that decision. I don't know if, I don't know if the owner is willing to do that. Another team we mentioned there, the Angels, right? They're kind of creeping on the graveyard right now because unlike all teams, they have until the trade deadline to figure out whether they're a playoff team or not. Some teams can, you know, figure it out in August and make elite season push, but they have, you know, possibly the biggest free agent of all time in Shohei Otani, where he's basically said, if I'm not competing by the deadline, I will be traded. And the Angels, you might look at them. And they're third in the NL West. And as of Monday, they were in 11-11. Right now, they're 11-12. They lost last night to the Oakland Athletics in 11 innings. Uh, I believe the final was 11-10. Great pitching duel. Four of their batters, with at least 15 plate appearances, have an OPS plus above 100. Only four of them. And one of those players, Logan Ohapi, is now out for the season with a torn labrum. That's not very good. Their expected stats are absolutely poor. They have two guys that are above average. Logan Ohapi was about a 353 expected Wilbur, which is pretty good. But past that, everyone else has just been horrible. Their starting pitching, their bullpen, as we talked about recently, has actually been pretty solid. Like as of the past 10 games, Shohei Otani, very, very good. 
But past that, Reed Detmers is okay right now. Griffin Canning, not good. Patrick Sandoval, not good. Tyler Anderson, outright horrible. Jose Suarez, outright horrible. I mean, as a baseball fan, regardless of what's going to happen, we're going to see Shohei in the playoffs. This is an absolute victory for me, uh, whether he's on the Angels or not. I, I just want to see Shohei in the playoffs. But at the same time, I want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. So I want the Angels team to make it. I don't think they deserve it because their GM is an idiot and their owner is an idiot. Um, but, I mean, they, they've put together a playoff-worthy team that could potentially make a run. With that being said, I don't think they do it. I literally don't think they do. I don't think they're better than the Mariners. I don't think they're better than, you know, oh, let me just go through non-wildcard teams right now. I don't think they're better than Houston. I don't think they're better than Cleveland. I don't think they're better than Seattle. I think uh, there's a lot of teams that they're not better than that, that they wouldn't win one-on-one on. So I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. There's nothing that stands out about, I don't know. And the one that like made me like really think about that, did you see the YouTube video that Jolly Olive posted? Uh, I think it was a about- day or two ago. It was about the 2002 Angels. No, I watched a different one talking about how bad um, the owner was, but that was a different uh, little mini documentary. I, I saw I saw the title. What was it about? It was about the 2002 Angels that won the World Series and just like the improbable run they went on. It was like a team that didn't make the playoffs were a losing team. And then they went on this absolute streak to make the postseason. And they like they beat the Yankees, they beat the Twins, and they went to the World Series, and they don't say beat it, the don't Giants. Say it, don't say it. Don't say. Oh uh, my God. Um, uh, but the fact, the thing that I wanted to hit was like, I don't think I've ever seen like Angel Stadium be like hopping. I want to see Angel Stadium with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, kind of like Miami was for the World Baseball Classic. I can confirm that. No, I actually liked my Angels uh, Stadium experience as someone that's been there. Um, I'm not going to say they're bad fans. They actually are pretty energetic. It was actually pretty crowded. Um, but I want to see it packed. Yeah. They also got helmet nachos, man. That's a good, sorry. That's all I got to say. Every, every place has helmet nachos. No, if they got like the good ones, they got like really big helmet. Yeah. I dropped my first one and I had to get a second one, dude. (laughs) Sorry. That's all. My angels experience is great though. I really do think that the fans deserve it. They are actually a lot nicer than Dodgers fans. I will say I wore my Giants jersey to both stadiums and I, got yelled at by Dodgers fans and, uh, you know, talked to by Angels fans about about life. I'm like, these are just genuinely nice people that deserve it. Um, and plus, the team hasn't been good in forever. Um, they, they deserve to at least make somewhat of a push. That was kind that's of a why they're nice. Tom, that's <laughs> why they're nice, because they haven't won anything. They have no right to be mean. Super chill people. I love the Angels, man. Um, it's just too bad that their ownership is really bad. So... I don't know. Uh, They're definitely flirting with the graveyard, especially when, I mean, we had, we talked about it last time. Jeff Passon came out was basically like, if, if the, the angels don't make the playoffs, Otani's leaving, which is like, kind of feels like you're beating a dead horse. In all honesty, like, I mean, obviously if they don't make the playoffs, he's gone. Like that. I don't know. It's, it's just, I think we want the angels team to be better than it is. Um, because we want Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, um, and, and all those guys to be in the playoffs and high leverage games like we saw in the World Baseball Classic. But it, it's, it, we might not ever see it happen 
for one of the two of them. And by one of the two of them, I mean Mike Trout, because he literally just came out and was like, I, I want to win a championship in Anaheim. I'm not even worried about the the Philly rumors or whatever, because he was talking about how every time he goes to Philly, he hears stuff about how people want him to go to Philly and blah, 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 because that's his, that's his hometown team. But he he really he, he loves Anaheim. He loves Los Angeles, and he wants to win a title for those fans. It's never going to happen, though. Um, Brad, I noticed you gave the um, baseball savant pages for pitchers and hitters. Um, and I honestly believe that the second one does it more justice in the other way, the other direction. I feel like it, it kind of shows that maybe the pitching staff is not that bad. I feel like when you look at when you look at a baseball team and their expected Woba stats, that that what I'm looking at right now, this diagram or this chart, it, it's above average. I think there's the, the, having only two guys with a expected uh, Woba below average is above average for a, a major league pitching staff. Uh, it's just the bats. I think the bats are more of a problem. I think the pitching's actually been more reliable this season. I think generally speaking, this is a a, a decent pitching staff, a good pitching staff. They're sixteenth in baseball as a staff and expected Woba. I, I mean, that's right around the middle of the pack. Wait, 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 wait. 16th and expected Woba? Yeah. Um, What's the last guy? Jose Suarez? It was Jose my point, Suarez. though. That was my yeah. point. The, the bullpen's been okay. It's the yeah. bottom two are starters. You go up a couple. Patrick Sandoval and Griffin Canning are back-to-back. And it's really just Otani and somewhat Detmers that's been pretty solid. I, I think they might buy out pitching in 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 the off in the, sorry not the off season the, the the deadline if they need it I mean they're going to need it um I I don't I mean they dropped ten runs on the A's that's not surprising but the fact that they gave up eleven runs to the A's while giving up something like seven or eight home runs to the the Oakland Athletics is 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 terrible I mean that was a Jose Suarez start right yeah yeah I, I think you gotta you gotta is there any pitching in their in their system that that is major league ready or you know at least semi decent? No. This team is screwed. Okay. Okay. You have to call so, up one of the twenty draft prospects. Um. So Tom, you prompted the question: Who is Brent Rooker going to be traded to? Those of you that don't know, he is an athletics player that has actually been pretty solid this year. Uh, last night against the Angels, I believe he had two home runs. And he's pretty much been one of the only bright spots on the open athletics. He's actually been one of the best players in baseball, 99th percentile and expected Woba. Uh, he kind of just came out of absolutely nowhere. He's been a pretty much a journeyman his entire career. He was on the Royals and Padres last year, twins for the two previous seasons. He never really had an OPS above, you know, five, 579 this year, or sorry, 960 his um, rookie year when all of 19 at-bats. This year, he's at a 1.170 OPS through 48 at-bats. I mean, the peripherals look promising, too. He Something has changed. I mean, the exit velocity has gone up significantly. He's launching the ball better than he ever has. Um, I mean, everything looks good about him. I don't, I don't know if this is something that he can, you know, maintain for an entire season. But, you know, it, it looks promising. He seems to have made some sort of adjustment that's, you know, sticking for him. I mean – and if he keeps this approach, I don't see why he doesn't, you know, continue this. I think it's going to regret because, excuse me, uh, 23.1% bail rate is not sustainable. But if you look at what he's done throughout his career, like he's always done a pretty good job of barreling the baseball. Like in 2020, he had a 395 expected Woba, 2021, 341. 
It was just last year in 21 batted balls that he was the worst he had been. I, I'm a believer in this guy. Um, I think I, I'm not sure if he's had, I, I, he might've actually had two multi-home run games already. I'm not sure about that, but I know he's had one. I, I think he has to be yeah. someone that gets moved at the deadline. I, I'm more worried about, you know, what team is looking for a guy like, like this, you know, any team in all honesty. I mean, yeah, this is, this is it's a, a different bet. No, no, he's not a good bet. He's, he's a good start bet. He's, yeah. a, he's a good starting bet. I mean, he's been very good. Um, the only thing that might be a cause for concern is the swing and miss rate, but he doesn't strike out that much. He just whiffs. Uh, uh, what does that mean? What kind of prototype is that? I've never seen. That means he swings so- very, very hard. <laughs> like a guy with a good discipline at the plate, which is something, has he ever had a good discipline at the plate? Has he ever had a good walk percentage? Cause this is the best he's yeah. He's doubled his walk percentage, cut his strikeout percentage in half is now hitting the ball harder. Did he go to like drive line? Is that is that for hitters too? Is that is yeah. that is that just yeah? Did he go to drive line or some? Maybe some he didn't get his bat speed worked on. It seems like he has made a lot of adjustments, and this seems not necessarily sustainable. But I think he's a guy that might you know finish the year with a you know eight fifty OPS type of guy. I think he will be a very a valuable player in the at the deadline. Uh, is he is he a first base or left field? I I've seen he's a left both. fielder. Okay. Um. Damn, there's a lot of teams I could use that. So I mean, you know yeah. who would be a really good spot for this guy? Where the Los Angeles Angels? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can't beat him, join him, dude. Just just trade for him. You know. Um, Let's be serious. Um, wait, you were? Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna try and get another outfielder, I would try and give Joe Adele a chance. He's been doing so well in the minors. I think it's time you give him another chance. He hit like he's hit like he. He has like eight home runs this month, Brad. You got to give him a chance before going for Brent Rooker, a guy who you know you you've already seen what happens when you when when the Angels go and sign someone with one breakout season, Brandon Drury. Um, it doesn't work well for them. So I maybe going for you know a guy that's homegrown might be safer. How how, tra- how safe was it the past two seasons? <laughs> maybe you could trade Joe Adele for Brent Rooker. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know what they what they do, but there, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that are going to need. You better get a league. lot more than just Brent or. Whatever Brenter, Brent Rooker, Brenter, yeah, yeah, for Joe Adele. But you know what? Athletics, good guy. He'll get moved at the deadline. Probably Hazy Sagular is going to be there. Um, I don't even know if Fujinami is worth a trade at this point. I, I he's got upside. Time, I think no. he's going to be someone that I think teams are going to be interested in him. I, I think especially like those big pitching factories, maybe the Rays, yeah. the Dodgers, or you know, the Giants. If the Rays um, get their hand on him, yeah. The thing is, the Rays don't need to go out and buy relievers. They will just build them in a lab. Yeah. They will foster them in a controlled you know, I, I don't think he's going to command that much of a that much value no. financially. That's the thing. Like, they could literally go and sign him for like, he's, a he's good fit for them and make him like a star. Yeah. And then Tom, control. you had what your happened? buys and sells. Let's enter those buys and sells. First one. I don't know if any of you guys are going to buy any of these. Um, Jorge Mateo continues his breakout season and cements himself as a top five shortstop in baseball. So, Stavs, you go ahead first. Okay. So I was a, I was a Jorge Mateo believer, right? I'm gonna I'm not gonna buy, but only because of your wording. That's literally my exact words earlier. Yeah, I know, but I was agreeing with you on that one. <laughs> but he's not going to be a top five shortstop in baseball. 
but he is go i think he's going to continue his breakout season and become in the upper of shortstops in baseball so let me let me revamp this question if jorge mateo swipes 20 bags and has an ops plus at 120 plus and you know manages to keep flashing the power as he has the extra base hits as he has do you consider him a top five at the end of the season? Because he has good glove, a good glove. Um, it's a little down this season, but he's been known for his glove in the past. That's going to come back. His outs above average are going to go up. I promise you the 55th percentile is not very pleasing to look at, but I promise you it is a lot higher than that. I don't see why he's not. He, he genuinely has the potential to be a five-tool shortstop, which is you know something we haven't really seen in a while because there hasn't been someone that, that has like all five tools at George. That 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 is that would that would you know that would make sense. Um, would with, with that new question though, would you consider him a top five in baseball? I would consider him a top ten. Those? He's that question is like completely. This you added like seventy things. You're like if he's 20, 20 stolen bases with a good glove and power and like yeah, obviously no, he has all five tools. Yeah, yeah obviously. He's a no, top if you made a five tool player, if you make I'm a not, fi- if you say oh, Jorge Mateo you guys, is a five tool player, you're double barreling the question. I'm no, I'm saying that if he continues what he's doing right now, which is pretty pretty nice, he's been looking nice. If he yes, continues but that, the thing is he's not. He has the rest of the things. He doesn't have the glove right now. You even said that. Right? Yeah, so, you're so biased. So bias. he, no, 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 no. But you're saying if he continues on the pace he is right now, which means he hits for power, it has a great bat, but doesn't have the glove. That's that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I, I like Jorge Mateo going into the season, but I feel like we'll move on. I'm gonna buy it. I'm buying my own take. That's right. That's right. Okay. I'm buying it. So, okay. So <laughs> I, I, I I like the take. I'm just you're you're it's weird. Yeah. Um I mean I I am selling that because there's there's a couple shortstops that he'd have to surpass to be a top five in baseball. He'd have to be better than Trey Turner, better than Corey Seager, better than Xander Bogarts, better than Francisco Lindor, better than Dansby Swanson, better than Carlos Correa, better than Bo Bichette, better than Willie Adamas, better than Wander Franco. And that if he was better than all of those guys, he'd be number one. And if he was worse yeah. than all of those, the max he would be is number 10. Like I said, I could see uh, him being in the top 15 to 10. To bro, I could be in the top 15. Put me out there. Yeah, yeah. Get him out of there. All right, moving on to the second buy or sell. Um, I know I don't know about this one. Uh, Sonny Gray finishes top three in AL Cy Young voting. This sell. Look at her. Sell. Yeah, I'm yeah. selling. The I'm only reason I say it, that, but the only reason I say that is because there's there's guys like Garrett Cole. You know, Garrett Cole. Sorry. Um, Shane McClanahan. You know, <laughs> sorry. Here, Cole. Um, if Jacob DeGrom can survive, uh, Kevin Gosman has looked good too. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a guy that I haven't mentioned yet. His name's Shohei Otan. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, there's a lot of good players, um, pitchers in the AL. I don't know. If he continues his pace, he's looking very good. I think he currently has the ERA title, but it's been like five weeks, four weeks. So it's not that much. So, but there's a potential there. I'm selling though. Um, Stevs, I'm going to start with you on this next one. Does Sean Murphy become the best catcher in baseball by the end of the season? 
No, again, I already said I think it's going to be Adley Rushman by the end of the season, and I'm Red. sticking with that, so I'm selling it. Um, Brad, it's I, I don't know what to do. I, I think I'm going to – I'll probably sell that just because, like, A, before Will Smith got hurt, he was the best this year, this year so far. Adley Rushman's been struggling a little bit this year, at least recently. Like, his yeah. past 10 games, he's been struggling a lot. Um, I'm going to sell that, but I think this, I don't think JT Romuda will be number one after the season. That's a good point that I'll buy that any day. That's um, a buy. I think it's just between those top three guys being Adley, Will Smith and Sean Murphy, but I will buy my own take because why not Sean Murphy? He hits, he hits home runs. He might be a guy that hits like 30 home runs this year. And, and as a catcher, that's, that's impressive. That's something we haven't really seen since I don't know. Um, but for our last buy or sell, Brad, did you write this down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's ask Stevs this one. Stevs, buy or sell, Pittsburgh. Um, I personally <laughs> am going to sell Pittsburgh. I don't think that they will continue on this pace for this season. Um, they do have the pieces, and with what Maggie, I he he the thirty three year old. Maji that just came up, um, he, he he's got an opportunity to play. There's um, been an adjustment. There's been an adjustment. But, um, but will he play is the question. Um, so I think what we're gonna do here is uh kind of change it to an over under type of thing. Um, okay. do you think that Brad? What do you think is a good? He's just counting now. I think <laughs> you know, you know. Let's go. Let's just do this. Uh, Pittsburgh over under 500. Do you think they finish over 500 or below 500? They're. I'm gonna they take the hit. I'm gonna teams. take the hit. What? No, that's not. That's not how it works. No, you gotta like, do like they, you see they how I have like a 78.5 here. Yeah. Um. You think they're gonna have more than 78 and a half wins? Yeah. But not go over 81. Or. <laughs> 82. Sorry. What? A1. What? A1. Yeah. Okay. I said hit, which means exactly 81. Oh, exactly yeah. 81. I think that's yeah, possible. Like I, said, I think that's possible. I, th- I, think they're, I think they are a 500 team. I will the take the over is, though, on 78 and a half and the under on 81. The real thing is they did just extend Brian Reynolds to a, what was it? Was it, was it two, was it seven years? Seven years, um, right? Am I with a very, it was very seven cool. years? Yeah. Um, and he, what there was a, a an option for the twenty thirty one season, I believe. Um, God, the ownership is a little confusing to me because you know some teams, you know, have this very solid plan that even the fans can see, and then there's teams like the Red Sox, Cubs, Pirates now, um, who are you know doing a little bit of both. I am I'm a little a little confused um as to what the idea is there. But uh I mean the team isn't bad. A lot but but at the same time, a lot is going right for this Pirates team right now. Steves, you got something to say? So it's 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 eight years, one of six point seven five million with a club option for twenty thirty one. Which is weird that it's a club option. Cause I felt like Reynolds would have wanted a player option, but I I don't know. It's a very team-friendly contract with the the Pirates, but you know, 
Um, so that there's a lot, there's a lot more factors now for when they get into the draft. Uh, former Giants legend Brian Reynolds will be a pirate for the next eight, seven to eight years. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I like the signing for the Pirates. For Brian Reynolds, I don't like the signing um, because I think he's worth more than that. Um, he, it, it's going to be very interesting with how because he has and he has a no trade clause as well. Um, a modified along no with trade that, clause. A modified no trade clause. Um, yeah, I know. I really like the deal for the Pirates, and I, I, I'm not going to say that they're going to be a competitive team this year. I think they can finish around 500. Um, I, I'd buy in on that, but I, I'm not going to buy in on them making the playoffs. Do you think Jack Swinski truly finishes the season with a breakout? Yeah. You do? Yeah, yeah. I could see it. So I, I do like the future for this team. Contreras, um, you know, while being their ace, has not looked, you know, fantastic, but it is, you know, inflated by that one start. Rich Hill will not be there for the uh for the rebuild, but you know, he'll probably be watching from his rocking chair in about five years. Mitch Keller's been looking good, Vinny Vila will not be there. Um, and then you got some younger guys. David Bednar's looked like a reliever of the year candidate right now. Um, O'Neill Cruz is part of that future, unfortunately, not playing right now. Connor Joe has been having a breakout season. Do you guys believe that is sustainable for him as well? I mean, Connor Joe was always like a solid hitter. He was never anything spectacular because you couldn't really tell what he was outside of Colorado. So, like, seeing what he is in a consistent, like, ball moving environment, I think that'll help. Yeah. I mean, you also have to take into account they have the first overall pick this year, which. Most likely is going to be Dylan Cruz. If it's not, um, they're freaking stupid. Uh, I, I personally, as a Nationals fan, I would love for it not to be Dylan Cruz. Um, I mean, that's but again, we're all about to take Paul Skeens, and that's a mistake. In itself, yeah, I but. know, but you know, we'll deal with that when it comes. Um, that's a good. Know, it, that's a good outfield for the Pirates in the future, though. I mean, having the outfield of Jack Swinski, Brian Reynolds, and then Dylan Cruz for however long in the future is very good. And then you also have a pretty good infield um, in Brian Hayes, O'Neill Cruz, whoever you have at second base, it might be Tamar Johnson in the future. I really do like his bat speed. Um, Carlos Santana probably won't be there, but there is a future for this team. Henry Davis um, also coming up in the future too. Not that good though. Not Andy Rodriguez not, though. I like Andy Rodriguez. I'm not impressed. I think Henry Davis should be traded eventually. You know, actually – if the Pirates are contending, do they trade Henry Davis for, you know, something that they need? You do not push for the playoffs this year. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Um, sorry, you had a little voice crack. Was... <laughs> hey, they're going to be good for years to come, though, and that's really what matters. Yeah. Aiden Franklin. It aged perfectly. I really do think this team is actually building something here. I, I don't know about this bullpen. I, I don't know any names in this bullpen other than David Bednar. But actually, Will Crow, too. But they're – other than that, um, they do need to build up that bullpen a little bit. But the lineup for the future is looking good. Um, Pittsburgh, you did it. You rebuilt without spending, like, any money at all. But, you know, it's working. Uh, just not this season. All right. So, I'm checking through. That was that was all of our buyer sells so far for this week. Tom might come back with some for next week. And that sends us yeah. to our weekly stimulator. Where we go through the current playoff structure, simulate it. Week one, I believe we had the Rays. Last week, we had the Braves. 
week three will we have a repeat a repeat wait no it would be a repeat because a brave pete all right so in the american league wild card we have the minnesota twins hosting the new york yankees tom i'm going with the twins i feel like defense wins championships i don't think this yankees team is is crazy legit and i think that the twins pitching is good enough to shut them down for three games or two yeah um i mean i'm gonna go with the twins too but I don't know. I watched the I watched the Nats twin series and their defense was not that good throughout that series. Um I don't know what was happening, but like Michael A. Taylor was just making mental errors. Uh who's their third baseman? Max Kepler, he like just absolutely botched the throw over to Joey Gallo. I don't know. And then the pitching was not all that good. Like Pablo Lopez did not look that good in game two. I don't know. Uh but I'm still gonna take the twins in the overall series. Um I do think their pitching is, is much better than it is when they play the Washington Nationals. Okay. Orioles, Blue Jays. Blue Jays still. Stems I'm gonna take the Blue Jays as well. Okay. It's no. just a bad it's a, I, 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 I trust I trust the Blue Jays pitching slightly more than the Orioles pitching. See, I was not gonna be on the same page as y'all. Blue Jays in three. Wait, what? Blue Jays won it in three. Okay. Because you oh, guys okay. both won one Blue Jay. I won one Oriole. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Diamondbacks hosting the Cubs. Diamondbacks. Cubs are frauds. Go down. Give the Cubs. Don't say it, Brad. Don't, your team is getting destroyed by one. Actually, Cubs. No. Yeah. Have you beaten us? All right. So then we also have the Brewers versus the Mets. Mets. Uh, I'm taking the Mets. I, I feel like the Brewers offense has cooled off pretty significantly. Their pitching is still good, but I don't know. So Brad, you disagree I disagree. <laughs> Brewers and Brewer, uh, Mets, Mets in three. All right. Going to the ALDS, we got the Rays hosting the Blue Jays for a set of five. I have the Rays. Rays in one. Rays in, in half a game. Okay, the Rays are moving on to the ALCS. The Rangers hosting the Twins. I got the Rangers. They've actually continued to look good. I, I, I think... I, I, I just think their offense is going is, to... I, I, I said this for the Yankees, but I feel like the... I don't know. I think I'm going against Twins. Them. No. Yeah, Rangers. Brad, what are your thoughts? See, if Pitching back, goes Twins. Rangers offense. don't have Corey Seager. No, but they will. They will for postseason. No, but this is as of right now. Stimulator. Ugh. But Corey Seager would technically be would be back. Yes. Through like he would come back at some point during these theoretical playoffs. Yeah. Probably around. When the Rangers beat the Twins, Woo! all right, Pirates hosting the Mets. Interesting series. Pirates. I'm, I'm serious about that. Wait, what? Oh, I'm serious. serious. Pirates. I'm, I'm I'm still taking the Mets. Let me. Have they have they gone head to head this season yet? No, no, they have not. Give me the Pirates. I'm Let's go. Pirates. Pirates make the NLCS. All right, Braves hosting the Cubs. Three, two, one, Braves. 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 All right. ALCS, the week one champion Rays versus the Texas Rangers. 
Stav, start it off. Uh, wait, who has the? Yeah, the Rays have the higher seed. Give me the Rays. You literally just going off a higher seed. Steph, come on. Now. No, 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 no. They they get home field advantage. I mean, the Trop ain't much of an advantage. Yeah, they're fourteen and zero at home. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, um, I'm still taking the Rays. What? I, I mean, I don't, I don't see it being too close. I think the Rangers could go have that like that dog in them to go on a run. But yeah, I was gonna say Rangers. I'm feeling Philly vibes, but you guys yeah, are having fun. Ruined it. Um, I I'll do it. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll, I'll right. keep it later. Braves Pirates. <laughs> Get Braves. We, I'm not, we all want to do it. We all want to. I, yes, but Braves. The Pirates are going to the World Series. Fred. Pirates. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. Here's the thing. Spencer Strider absolutely deals, and then just out of left field, throwing all of that 69 mile an hour curveball. Rich Hill shuts down the elite Atlanta Braves offense. Yep. Marcelo Zuna lines one into the dugout, hits the ball off of three of his teammates in the same at bat. That can happen. Physics. And then strikes that. out and dislocates his shoulder. Yep. I would rather him be in the lineup if I want the Braves to lose. That's true. That's true. He dislocates Ron Washington. All okay. right. Rays versus Pirates. Steph's going. No, Brad, you go first, actually. Rays. Damn it. It's over. Rays. The, the improbable run. Rays. They, what? I just didn't like, even want the like Pirates in the season. World Series. So. The Philly run is over. Yeah, uh, the Phillies and Pirates are the same exact team. Pirates are better than the Phillies right now. That's kind of what's great about baseball. Uh, it's also, we're, what, five days away from there being a month of baseball. And then we, we will have one more episode coming out this week on Friday. And then to kick off your week next week, we've got our April team of the month. The all-April, all the, the 4A, all, four all-stars? No, I don't know. There will be an all-star team for the month of April. For those that don't know yet, we're doing it uh, kind of like a cumulative version. So it's like April, April, May, April, May, June, because all-star voting is stupid. We're right. They're wrong. Thank you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. If you've enjoyed, please consider leaving a rating, review, sharing with a friend. If you want to interact with us at all, all social media links will be in the description below. See you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace. Steve!